ladies and gentlemen, welcome and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ball Is Not Life podcast. I'm your host, your co-host, and your favorite special guest, Ed Cotner Jr. And we're going to talk a lot about ball and just a little bit about life. Y'all know what time it is, baby. It's game time. Let's go. What is good with you beautiful people? We in the middle of December, about a few, uh, about two weeks out, week and a half or so away from um, Christmas. Actually, no. Yeah, about a week and a half away from Christmas. And uh, I hope y'all ready. I hope y'all ready to spoil y'all kids. I hope Santa is going to come bring gifts for all the nice kids. Hello. Jaren likes to say hello. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get right into this episode. Uh, I'm a day late recording. Y'all know I typically, well, y'all probably don't know because it's probably your first time listening. So if it is, first of all, welcome. This is the Ball Is Not Life podcast. My name is Ed Cotner Jr. This is episode, let's call it three and a half. We skipped episode three last week. I decided not to post. Um, This thing is frustrating, man. And when you start your own stuff, it's kind of tough. It's, it's discouraging. Cause you look at numbers and you realize that people don't listen the way you think they should, or your Facebook don't pop the way you think it should. And it's like, it's all a grand idea when people give you the idea to do this kind of stuff. But then once you actually do it and you start to put the work into it, it is very tough um, to keep a positive mindset. Um, I know that I do something similar to this in a much shorter version for work. And it's much easier to do. Cause I have a co well, I act, I'm actually the co-host of that particular pod. Um, so it's cool because I'm just kind of doing more response than anything. Um, but this is different with it being my own show, uh, being my own work. The editing, you know, is crazy. I don't want to be lazy with that and use the excuse that I'm just starting. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's really tough to kind of to kind of push ahead sometimes. But here we are um, with episode three and a half. I still may go back and post that episode and just put it out there just because it needs to be out there i'm trying to work on that kind of perfection you know not being the goal type thing right just enjoy myself um that's how this whole thing started anyway it was just a random idea people encouraged it and then here i am so i got to remember to just enjoy myself and i said earlier i wouldn't take myself too seriously and three episodes in and i have already broken my cardinal rule so y'all bear with me episode three is running late um but it is on the way it will be out there soon all right so with that being said um as i just said a little bit ago i am a day late recording this thing and that is because i had a crazy weekend doing my referee shindig i had three games on saturday um and then i had three games on sunday to officiate and this is not um ihsa certified but there are some, it's with the, the Catholic schools. And so the the age ranges are anywhere from fourth grade up through high schoolers. And I literally was all over the map this weekend. And so by the time I got done refing on yesterday, by the time I got done refing yesterday, I came home, tried to watch the Colts game. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm about to go live and or record during the Colts game. Um, So we'll wait till that's over. And I did not make it through the Colts game. My ass came home. I showered 
and I was dead to the world up until about God knows what time it was when I woke up. Um, so here we are, day late. We had the Pacers played their first preseason game on, I believe, Friday, Friday or Saturday, whatever. They played a game. Um, and it was preseason. So, you know, first of all, first of all, let's celebrate the NBA being back. That's my imaginary live studio audience going crazy for the NBA being back. Um, that's that's dope as hell. And we are we are more than glad to have basketball back. Um, Pacers played their first game, like I said. They lost a nail-biting heartbreaker to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, in in the weird, I won't say the weirdest way, because I've seen some games in in some crazy ways. But it was definitely a shout out to, to Bogey for not being able to inbound the basketball against the Boston Celtics as a Pacers fan. If you know, you definitely know. But um, Pacers scored a bucket. Cavs ran down, got an and one at the end of the game. I think it was a rookie to score, blah, 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 blah. Game's over. Pacers lose. Oh, my gosh. The season is over already before it even started. <laughs> Y'all got to chill out with these early preseason hot takes and i guess you don't i'm gonna let y'all be who y'all are (laughs) as fans but um i think overall it was a good game um i think they both teams scored right around 110 points i think the over under for the game was about 216 and if i'm not mistaken they were right at 216 217 so it went according to what vegas would think you know what vegas planned and uh, it was a good game. Uh, you know, it's the first preseason game. TJ Warren obviously is not playing. So that sucks. Um, that's actually some sort of a concern for me personally, just because of what TJ brings to the team and what TJ was able to do going into the well, going into the bubble and then coming out of the bubble. Um, obviously, expectations are going through the roof now. New coach, new system, all these things. And boom, the guy who you really want to see continue to take the next step is down and so you know you again it's preseason like russell westbrook didn't play for the wizards you know bradley bill didn't either so a lot of teams you know are kind of using this as a opportunity to to do what y'all like to say uh see what you have and i think the pacers did a good job of not only trying to see what they had with the young guys as far as like a jakar samson or um you know whoever else I don't think Goga played. Goga's been dealing with an injury too. But the preseason games this year are more important for the Pacers because, you know, you got a new coach. Not only do you have a new head coach, but you got a completely different system, allegedly, coming in this time. Um, Last time we had the coaching change, it went from, you know, what, Frank Vogel to Nate McMillan. And Nate was already on the bench. So you really didn't get the fresh voice. You didn't get the fresh system. You know, Dan Berg, Papa Jones, we've talked about this before. All of those guys pretty much stayed with the team. So there really wasn't a lot of turnover. There really wasn't a lot of change as far as what was going on with the team, with the system. Now you actually have a new coach. And outside of Bill Baino, you have a different coaching staff completely. So you you lie in there the fact that Sabonis is back, Brogdon is back, healthy. Sabonis is back healthy. Um, Oladipo is back 
healthy, you got some changes. And you really want to see how this stuff works. So with TJ Warren being out, Aaron Holiday started. And Quinn Buckner at one point made a made a statement that the Pacers got to make shots, which that's kind of obvious, right? But the Pacers got to make shots now that they never took before. Miles Turner was taking threes where he would fake a pass one way or the other, and boom, now Miles is shooting. And so that's a that's a one of the major changes was they just heaving up a lot more threes. Now, I will say now that we've seen them play a little bit, I made a, a post during the game at some point that Oladipo looked different. Vic looks different. You can hate the man. You can be mad at the man. I don't care how you feel about it. As as a basketball fan, just watching, Victor Oladipo looks different. And he looks different. I don't know if y'all remember, but there was a stretch where Victor had, I want to say it was 100-something-odd straight games with a steal. And I don't know how accurate that is, but Vic had a ridiculous streak where he had a steal in damn near every game, right? And that's something that Vic brought back. Now, it was against the Cavs. It was against the Cavs in a preseason game. I don't care. The man played defense and was able to get steals. He was able to get out on fast breaks. And while he didn't score a lot, the fact that he was back to playing Oladipo-style defense um, is a great sign for the Pacers <laughs> and for the team that we bought the trading to at the trade deadline. I don't think you still, you know, the contract situation, who knows what happens. That That's going to be a tough bridge, you know, a tough fence to mend. But Vic was different, and you you cannot deny that fact. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Also, another player that looked different to me and looked like he finally had something in him was Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon spent a lot of time hurt last year. But with Nate's offense, I don't think any of these dudes were able to play up to who they really are as individual players. Aaron Holiday constantly had to pump the brakes. So when Aaron Holiday went off the rails, it was like, damn, bro, you got to slow down. Like, what are you doing? Where now Aaron Holiday got the green light to go off the rails a little bit. So it didn't look as bad because everybody's heaving bad shots. Everybody's doing damn near whatever the hell they want to do. Um. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get there, Paul Michael. Give me just a minute. But the the new offense, you know, to me, the 20 turnovers are a good sign because that means that you have a new offense, but that also means that you're actively trying to run with this new offense. That means you actively have players who are now adjusting to something different. You have players adjusting to guys being in different spots, you know, maybe a lot being tossed where before it would just be a pass. Again, Miles shooting a shot that before he would, you know, be at the top of the key and kind of swing the ball around and then just kind of go get lost in the, in the rest of the offense. So the 20 turnovers, especially now in the preseason, are not a problem to me at all. Um, you want to get it down to about 15, um, especially knowing that you lost, even though you lost the way you lost. You want to get it down to about 15. But the turnovers will take care of themselves. Um, Paul Michael, I saw you mention Miles offensively miles looked different because miles didn't have the pressure that miles didn't have that traditional pressure. Tristan Thompson still, Oh, thanks for going with the, going with the Frederick Douglass. Look, <laughs> miles didn't have the traditional pressure 
of being center miles. Sabonis was back. That's where I've always said you have two solid big men. You just got to figure out when to use them, how to use them. Um, and there, there's so much because now that I'm talking about this and thinking about it, the Sabonis McDermott connection changed things up. Doug McDermott was a lot more involved where off the pick and roll with him as a bonus. That chemistry is so damn natural. Bro, they got in the game together. Bang, right back to it. Pick and roll. Either Doug is scoring or Sabonis is rolling off to get an easy layup, right? Or you got Doug going back door. So that connection is crazy. Brogdon was back. I think when I was kind of dozing off, I think he had four threes. And that's one of his underrated qualities was as a 50-40-90 dude, the boy can play basketball. Um, and something else you forget about Brogdon is Brogdon is not your 6'2 point guard that's real fast, right? Malcolm Brogdon has the speed kind of of a George Hill and kind of the patience of a George Hill, but he has that sneaky bit of athleticism, not quite Colin Sexton or uh, what's your boy or De'Aaron Fox, right? He's not that quick. He's not that fast. But with him being 6'6", you know Brogdon is going to get to the rim and he's going to get you a bucket one way or another. So and then and then pairing that with Aaron Holiday, um, at least for now, while TJ Warren is out, it's a different element because Holiday gives you the quicks that Brogdon doesn't, but Brogdon gives you the patience and maybe a little bit better scoring ability that Holiday doesn't give you. So they work well together. That's gonna be interesting to see how many times they run in together in a lineup. Um, Miles struggled with Tristan Thompson. I'm sorry, not Tristan Thompson, with uh Andre Drummond. Uh I have I have DirecTV, so I still have Fox Sports. But where I have Fox Sports, Tyler, I don't have Channel 13. So, like, no Sunday Night Football, um, no no uh, Kelly Clarkson show since I'm home <laughs> every day during the week. Uh, so I think we all gaining something and losing something right now with these damn TV companies. But I do still get Fox Sports. Um, shout out to God for that one. Uh, but the, the the lineup combinations are crazy. Um, I think my one sleeper player, which is not really a sleeper if you're a Pacers fan because we watch every game, right? The one sleeper for – I know, PM, I got to go back. Hold on. <laughs> the one sleeper that I think really kind of showed himself over the weekend was Justin Holiday, And it's not even that he showed himself. It's that – he was the guy who was buried in the offense. Who was buried. There's always a guy buried in the corner. It used to be George Hill. Um, I don't know. It was C.J. Miles for a little bit. Now it's kind of Justin Holiday's role to run the offense. You go get buried in the corner. But instead of now having a guy buried in the corner, you have a guy that can actually shoot that's buried in the corner. Not only do you have a guy that can shoot that's buried in the corner, you got a guy that's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, that if he gets you two buckets, now you got to close out. You breaking form, pump fake, my man going to the rack, and he can get you an and one. He might even dunk on you because he's big enough and strong enough to do it. So this extra, the 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 extra dynamic of just shooting the ball, that's kind of what I always wanted to see was like something kind of how Wood Budenholzer ran in Milwaukee. And it was like Robin Lopez had the green light to just shoot. It, you know, I don't remember if they had, I think they still had Ilya Sova shooting. Giannis didn't want to shoot, but if he wanted to shoot, which Giannis still shooting air balls, man. I don't know if y'all saw that over the weekend, but he in trouble. Um, but th- th- that's that's not gonna work long term. But we gonna we gonna cover that in the next episode. I think we're gonna do a quick little Eastern Conference preview in the next episode because I don't want to hold y'all too long tonight. But 
Giannis still can't shoot, but the fact that those guys got the green light, Brett Brown and Philly before he got fired, I think his time was up, and that's fine. But Embiid was shooting, right? Not because you need him to shoot 40%, but because you need that threat. And that's where Miles Turner is going to change the game. And so just like that, just like with Miles, Justin Holiday being able to stand in that corner and actually knock down that shot, that's going to be a real problem. I don't know how much of a problem because the East, the East looks different. And again, we gonna we gonna cover that um, in the next episode. I think I want to do a little preview. I was kind of looking at some stats and some lineups and stuff. Um, I caught a little bit of the Brooklyn Washington game last night, and uh, shit, Brooklyn Nets. Oh man, y'all, we we not gonna touch that. We we not gonna touch the Brooklyn Nets at all. I, I was trying to figure in injuries and, you know, guys missing time with COVID. Then them boys is different. Um, but before I get too far with that, maybe a coaching change will do it along with staying healthy. I want to see the guys we got in draft and trades. Many Westbrook hasn't played yet. I don't think you need those guys. Um, Paul, to kind of to, to get back to what you said, I agree with you. The coaching change will do it um, because guys can play their game now. And when you get guys that feel like they're back on the playground, just that's the kind of player TJ Warren is. What gym we going to? What time you need me to be there? Who we got? Just me and you. Who we gonna go pick up there and we just gonna hoop? That's TJ Warren in a nutshell, right? So now you got a coach that understands who his players are, and that's just gonna let his players play basketball. And you get crunch time, you know who you need to game, but you know, uh I don't I think the Pacers bench is what's gonna hold them back as far as advancing in the playoffs, especially when I watch a team like Brooklyn, knowing that they got a Torian Prince, a Spencer Dinwiddie, a Joe Harris, um, a DeAndre Jordan. They got fucking Landry Shamit. Like, Brooklyn is stacked. And it ain't that those guys are great players, but Joe Harris is a bucket. We know this. You can't leave Joe open. You can't give him space. He's a bucket. Landry Shamit is going to defend on the ball. He's going to be a problem for any point guard starting or coming off the bench. And then he can score on the other end. Like Torian Prince, 6'7", 6'8", 6'9". Karis LeVert, we know what Karis LeVert can do. We know what, like, Brooklyn has, you know, everybody focuses on Kyrie and Durant and maybe even DeAndre Jordan a little bit. But the rest of that team, man, same thing with the Lakers in the West. AD and LeBron didn't even play. You got – uh What's his name? Taylor Horton Tucker, whatever. I'm sorry, don't mean to butcher the boy's name, but when nuts preseason, I get it. Preseason, I'm cool. At the same time, you got these teams watching Brooklyn and the Lakers play without their best players compared to watching the Wizards play without Bill and Westbrook. The Wizards need Bill and Westbrook. The Nets can lose Kevin Durant for three games due to COVID. And you still got a squad. They can miss Kyrie Irving for a week because he turned an ankle and just wants to rest and not rush himself back. And you still got a Joe Harris, a Landry Shamit, and a Karis LeVert to run your backcourt. That's a problem. And I think that's where the Pacers really – We that's where, to me, we struggle to get guys. McDermott is going to be solid. Holidays – we got solid players. But – you know, Sabonis running with that second unit can only go so long. Even if you bring Miles in and he's having a good day, he can only go so long. Um, so I think that's going to be 
Uh, thoughts on Keelan Martin coming off as the eighth man. I don't, man. I don't know about Keelan Martin. I think, I think we fall in love with these guys for one. Like a Keelan Martin went to Butler, so that's kind of a hometown favorite, right? But we fall in love with the Pacers as fans because we don't have a choice. We got to take what we think looks good because we know we're not going to get the star power to have, you know, even like a Rudy, a Rudy Gay type person to say come off the bench like you got at San Antonio, like. You need that. Like we say, oh, he's trash. The worst NBA player is going to give any of us a bucket, and we established that a long time ago. Anybody that plays anywhere near close to the league is going to walk into a gym and give you a bucket. I don't care who it is. I told you, all I play ball with TJ Leaf's brother, and I've seen the boy just walk in from anywhere in the gym and give you buckets. I play ball with WNBA players. Buckets. So when we talk about people being sad, you got you to gotta keep that in mind. And I know most of us don't mean that, but a bucket's a bucket. Um, and the Pacers, we fall in love with our bench players and our role guys because they look good to us. But as fans, we're kind of conditioned here to never think about a guy not being good enough. Keelan Martin, he's a nice guy. He ain't good enough, right? Because it be, it, because the question becomes, what's the goal? Is the goal to be good and make the playoffs? Is the goal to not be a six seed and be a four seed? Or is it go to get at least to the second round, maybe cause some problems in the second round for somebody? Because this year, that shit going to be harder. That shit's going to be even harder. Like, you you kind of back to home court advantage a little bit because these arenas are loud. Um, I don't know if y'all saw what Cleveland was doing. I've been to Cleveland three or four times now. Cleveland is loud. Cleveland and Detroit are probably the loudest buildings that I've ever been to. They pump in a lot of, uh, a lot of noise, a lot of stadium noise. So then if you throw a crowd into it, it all sounds fake after a while. So the home court advantage will kind of return a little bit this year since you're back in arenas. But, you know, being a four seed so you can have home court advantage is not going to matter if you are playing against a hungry Philly team or hungry. Like the East is is six teams deep, six solid teams deep. We haven't even looked at the Hawks. I looked at the Hawks name this morning. I was like, damn, they retooled a little bit. So, and again, I'm going to go into this later on, but, but man, I, you know, it, it's going to be, man, I, I just don't know that we have enough. We had the size, like Brogdon's big enough in your starting lineup, right? Like you need that kind of awkward size, but you need somebody like a Ben, like a Ben. I love Ben Simmons. I know we talk about him not being able to shoot. Personally, I'm a Ben Simmons fan. I would love to have a 6'10 point guard, especially watching him be able to defend Miles Turner. That's invaluable, man. So Keela Martin, you know, going back to him is going to be a good pickup. Um, I think he might stick because he's a solid basketball player. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of times the NBA is, is you know, drafting is is and your free agent signings is based off of uh, your your athleticism and potential more so than what you can actually do as a basketball player. Butler produces good basketball players, but those guys don't stick in the NBA just because of the way the game is. Um, you know, they're three, four-year players, and I don't know if my cousin probably ain't watching this, but I talked to him going through his draft process, and he had to enter the draft just because he had a, he had a year of eligibility left in school, but he had to make that decision like, I can enter the draft. This is probably my best chance, and I'm still considered old, right? So, we have good basketball. Like, 
Justin Holiday is a good basketball player. <laughs> He's a good ass player. But what you know, you put him you put him with the Lakers, he runs him up times 20. Right? You put him with you know, even the Wizards coming off the bench, or you got a guy like that coming off a off a bench with a stacked team, and you looking at that like, sheesh, who's gonna guard that guy? But with a team like the Pacers, he's just another good guy, and I think that's where we kind of get those middling six six to six eight six nine dudes, but none of them really have that special superpower that makes us that's gonna push the team to the top or push us over anybody else. Um, you know, the Pacers, as good as they look, the Pacers being healthy and with a new coach, a new system, still might end up in the sixth spot. So, you know, looking at the numbers, I was like, damn, we still might end up at six or seven. And that's not even I didn't even count the Wizards in that. The Wizards and the Hawks, I think, are going to compete for the bottom two spots. Charlotte just picked up Hayward. Plus, you got to, you know, like I said before, Devontae Graham had a good season, man. It's, we, I'm going to go through this, and I'm trying to hold off because I really want to break down the Eastern Conference because it's really deeper than what people going to give it credit for. I'm not a big ESPN fan because they push numbers. Although, shout out to ESPN for being petty as hell and not showing Kyrie Irving's highlights. That, to me, was a beautiful thing since he decided he didn't want to speak to the media. <laughs> they didn't want to show his highlights. Um, so, shout out to ESPN for being petty as hell. But the East, the East is loaded, man. So. You know, the Pacers play here in about an hour, about 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. They play in Cleveland again. And um, I think from what I just saw before I started, before I went live, Bjorkgren was talking about keeping the lineup the same. Um, but Taze, Goga's still dealing with his injury, so we'll see what that is. Um, but, man, these preseason games, watch, watch the preseason games, y'all, for the Pacers because for most teams, they can rest guys. But for the Pacers, these preseason games really matter because these are only, you know, Training camp is limited. Everything is different. So these these preseason games for the Pacers are really, really important to really get guys to understand each other, learn this new system um, and do all of that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Y'all see, I got my visitor. She don't like to go away. She'd like to hang out. You gonna say hi. They can see you. Hi. They can hear you in the mic, too. Say, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? You ready for Santa to come? Yep. Yep. What's Santa Claus going to bring you for Christmas? Um, you better hurry up. We don't have a lot of time. What's Santa going to bring you? A kitchen, too. A just kitchen? Like a kitchen just like Brandy? Okay, I guess my daughter's getting a kitchen from Santa Claus. So, Santa Claus, if you can hear this podcast or if you're on Facebook Live, shout out to you, bro. We need a kitchen in this house for the little person, for my little chef, Baker. All right. So, um, like I said, I ain't gonna keep y'all too long tonight. I'm a I'm a day late on this recording thing. Um, refing is hard, man. And three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Played a softball tournament Friday where we played three games. Um, so we we a little actually send a rush. Hey man, don't do man. Y'all wrong, man. I should have never said that. Man, y'all cold blooded. A lot of NFL teams don't rush either. Hey, happy belated birthday, Cuz. By the way. Shout out to you, bro. I missed you on Facebook, but I can tell you now, happy belated birthday, man. But um, like I said, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with all this stuff. Pacers play again tonight, then they play again Friday night, I believe, against Philly here. College football is still going on. IU Purdue gonna play. That was a whole debacle. 
we can get into that later too. Softball for me, I'm finally done, y'all. I had unpacked my softball bag. My batch was out. Everything was out. Bag was cleaned out. Then it was like, weather going to be like 60 degrees outside. I can play softball. And I was like, well. And I played probably some of my best ball that I played in a while. Um, I was stroking all night long. No home runs, nothing special. But uh, I was stroking Friday night. Hit with my headbanger all night. Broke out the freak at one point, one of the last games. Stroking. So um, back to the gym. Keep working. Keep getting stronger. Looking forward to PCB with the Spiders fam. And that's that's that. But I'm going to let y'all go. I got to do some crafts with my daughter because I fell asleep on her yesterday, too. So we're going to make this Christmas thing. Shout out to Mal for that idea. We're going to watch the Pacers game. We're going to drink this Wolf of Reserve. And we're going to be asleep by about 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Because <laughs> I'm old. So y'all have a good night. Hey, oh, let me let me flex real quick. I'm off work for about a week and a half after Thursday. I'm going to clap for my damn self. Shout out to COVID for forcing me to hold on to my vacation time and actually have too much vacation time. But we found a way to squeeze that shit in. So we off work. So next week, let's virtually party because COVID is still real. All right. So I will catch y'all next time. We're going to do this again Sunday, hopefully, man, and, and see what we get. Um, hopefully we'll be ready for it, ready for the NBA season and start next week. So we're going to do an Eastern Conference preview. And we're going to talk about why the Pacers won't do much better this year than they did last year with a better, healthier team and a new coach. So y'all have a good evening and I will talk to y'all later. Bye.